0: This is Bragg, son of Balan, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a LOTRO podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. are lit lotro calls for aid and brog shall answer okay pippin get up there pippin get light that thing there we go amandine welcome to light the beacons a lotro podcast focusing on the radiant mmo rpg lord of the rings online as well as related topics in books movies gaming and the lore of Jararar Tokian. This is episode number fourteen. I am your host, Bragg of the Lonely Mountain, a light in the dark and dwarf of ill repute. Back after the beacons were dark last week, due to our observance of the great laborers of Kazadoom, uh, there was much feasting and drinking there, I can tell you, in the recycled sixteenth Hall, Boy, it took uh, quite a few sanitizers to uh, get that police back in shape, and after the party was no small picnic either, but um, we are now broadcasting live from the Light the Beacons Middle Earthwide headquarters atop the Bridge Shard in the Foundations of Stone. Uh, As I look around me, I see lots of purple I uh, see lots of green water, that doesn't make much sense. Uh, we've been dumping, uh, you know, I think it's the algae, we've been dumping all the shock that we can into the pool, but uh, it's green. It's still green, but um, you know, it's still nice and cool for a swim now and then. I just wouldn't drink any of, of it if I were you. As I look around, I can see in the distance the endless stair spiraling, spiraling its way up to Xerox Ziggle hoping to clear that obstructed uh, stone there soon I can see the entrance to Nabagud, my old haunting place that I have now conquered as well as uh, to the east the entrance to the shadowed cave that mysterious area that uh, never seemed to be fully built out unfortunately uh, I've got uh, a rumply old gray hat on the ground next to me and uh, we're still setting up here. We need some more storage. We could use a little bit more plumbing. We certainly could use uh, some refrigeration for some of the kegs I'm importing. But it's starting to feel like home. Uh, why set up Middle Earth, uh, LTB Middle Earth White Headquarters atop the bridge Shard in the foundation of Zostone? As you know, uh, I am my father's son, a Prince of Moria, and I couldn't think of a better place. The acoustics in here are excellent for podcasting. Just listen to this. See, told you. Uh, My voice echoes down here. And to tell you the truth right now, the real estate is really dirt cheap. Uh, I'd recommend buying up some parcels if I were you. So there's been a lot of changes around here at Light the Beacons. Uh, I've got another one that I'd like to announce. I've got a new assistant that I brought on board. He is not the sharpest axe in the armory, but he's... um, He's servile, is the way i describe him. It's hard to find good help these days. Uh, Grima, get over here, will you? I've only ever served you, my lord. Yeah, well, uh, fetch me an ale, uh, you pale-faced has-been. We've got some beacon lighting to do. Get me an ale, Grima. Be that as it may, let's light our second beacon. <sniffs> Ilanoch, Grimek, get out, get out of the way! I'm trying to read the cue cards. Oh, he's such an idiot. Okay, first it's time for CRA corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. Uh, so one of the things I was ranting about last week was, uh, or two weeks ago from the last episode was the fact that there was an arcane process behind bartering for armor in Dal Amroth and I was lamenting that there didn't seem to be any indication beyond a player guide I found in the forums on how to barter for uh, for the pieces of armor if you happen to be lacking one of the key components silver tokens of Dal Amroth gold tokens of Dal Amroth reputation tokens of Dal Amroth and the hidden ingredient, the completion of certain deeds uh, related to the daily quest grind in Dol Amroth. And uh, I received a comment on the blog uh, from uh, good old friend, Tom York, who let me know that there was a mechanic in place that has been used. Uh, you know, I've seen it in previous instances and uh, had just forgotten. I was uh, hovering over most of the areas in the barter window, uh, trying to find this tip. What I didn't hover over was the barter button at the bottom. And Tomiark pointed out that if you hover over the barter button on the bottom of the barter window, it will tell you the deed that you need in order to be able to stop it from being gray so that you can execute the transaction. Uh, again, sh- probably should have known that. They've used that mechanic previously, I do recall. Um, can't remember specifically where, but several places, I believe. And Tomiork pointed it out, and he also pointed me to an article he wrote on this very subject at his uh, website, Tweak Lotro. Tweak Lotro uh, was a web uh, internet location that I had never been to previously, being a rather ignorant dwarf. Uh, so I went there and checked out Tomiork's York's site. He's got quite a few tips and tricks on Lotro uh, that he posts to periodically, so I'd recommend everybody go over and check it out. He does a great job of screenshotting the pertinent info and uh, applying various graphics to indicate um, you know, some of his points. Uh, I saw a few articles there that caught my eye, including one on uh, completing the um, free-range chicken quest, which uh, I had an episode about uh, a while back, which I labeled the most difficult quest in all of L- LOTRO. L- and there was an excellent guide there that, uh, that he had collaborated on another player with. So please do go check that out, Tommy Ark. Thanks for the correction. Um, if I spent all day correcting all the things that I get wrong in the podcast, we wouldn't have any time. So let's move on to viewer comments. Um, Jody, let me know. Uh, as I was mentioning that I was completing the Naladom Lizard Slayer deed uh, in order to get the Lothlorian Meta quest completed. I was lamenting that I believe it was, uh, I can't remember now the exact number, somewhere in the order of 15 to 19 lizards per run in the waterworks without a deed accelerator. And uh, Jody let me in on a little trick uh, which I was not aware of, uh, that if you get to the first boss area in that instance, which is split tail, or spit tail or split tail, I believe, um, you know, at the bottom level, as you run up to him he brings two ads that run out from either side and they're easy to burn down obviously being a fraction of his morale and uh, she let me know that if you back up then into the tunnel from whence you came you will reset the boss and if you approach him again his two ads will reappear so you can just sit there and farm the two ads all day and keep resetting the boss in order not to have to run the instance 20 billion times so, Jody, I uh, just uh, wanted to say one thing about this uh, tip, and that's where were you when I needed you? My deed is finished. But uh, for those of you who are aspiring to the Lothlorian meta deed and have not yet completed the Naladome Lizard Slayer, there is your shortcut. Um, she also pointed out the barter window uh, tip that Tomi Ork had provided as well. Uh, although she does agree that a guide for this would be much more helpful, so apparently everybody knew about this but me. Uh, then I also received a comment from Taltaz, new writer in uh, on the blog, who said, "Great episode, buddy. At least, at last, someone's talking about kinships," and he encourages me to keep the ball rolling with that area. He thinks it's a topic that's really not explored very, very well in uh, a lot of the online forums and podcasts out there. Uh, turbine recently removed the minimum requirement for forming a kinship so there's lots of new kinds that have been formed different categories different types uh, you know different race and class different uh, you know around musical groups around rp groups etc which is i think fun for the community and adds uh, you know a dimension that didn't exist before Uh, but a lot of these new kin leaders that have started up don't have experience with larger kins he points out and uh you may not know what's involved in the day-to-day running of a successful kinship so i I think he's suggesting that that might make a a good topic for a future episode since i just had an episode uh, around kinships i'm going to save that one in my back pocket for the future Uh, but thanks for the suggestion i think that is uh, fertile ground for conversation He also mentions, uh, keep up the good work, my dwarven friend, but be careful what you eat. You don't want to get caught short, do you? I think he's referring to the infamous Barrow Brie uh, taste testing that we had last week. My throat did recover eventually. And his comment about caughting short, I'm not sure I understand where he's coming from on that one. I'm the tallest dwarf in my family, so I don't know where that's coming from, frankly. Us, but thanks for writing in. And lastly, we have a comment from Zingor, who also referenced my Barrow Brie taste testing. He said the trick is to stick the whole block in your mouth at once. Uh, that way, it'll be a fun surprise if you suddenly start choking from the flavor. Or the giant wedge of cheese now lodged in your throat. So it adds a little uh, dimension there. Will I die from the poison or will I die from lack of oxygen? It's kind of like a little competition. So I, I think, you know, you could wager on that with your friends and that could be a fun little fun little kin event perhaps. Um, Zingor also mentioned that uh, he, he uh, had uh, some simpatico with me on the whole... Kinship Chat, and uh, you know, I'm sure lots of people out there have had similar experiences, hopefully some of you had, uh, and asks me to keep up the great work. Well, I would if I could find some decent help. Grima, get over here with the next beacon, please. Jesus. All right. Um, in this week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing in game, of course. We will then discuss a few brief points on how Bragg can fix Lotro this week. And lastly, we're going to explore how your experience in game changes as your playing career matures. On top of that, did you ever notice that Lindsey Buckingham has the same initials as Light Beacons, LB? Weird. So let's Lindsey, our third Buckingham. Nardal, This Week in Locho and other Tokian news. Well, we've got two weeks worth of stuff. And the first point I'd like to make is that I was able to achieve the Savior of Lothlorien title, as predicted. Uh, I just had to finish off that last Morval quest in the light of a Luminar. And first of all, I want to make it one thing perfectly clear. The title is Savior of Lothlorien, but I did not do it for those stinking elves, okay? Let's make that perfectly clear. Not for the elves. Think about it. All the dungeons are in Moria. Okay? I did it for my dad. Balin, son of Fundin, lord of Moria. Okay? Um, so, any elves out there thinking that I saved you and I did it all for you because Lothlorien was being threatened and it's all about you, you can lump it. I'm a dwarf. I'm a prince of Moria. Let's get that perfectly clear. So. In order to finish up the deed, it took an extended session waiting for the Morival to continually corrupt the mirrors in that penultimate area before the boss fight. So if you get down to that last puzzle area, trying to open up the last web to drop onto the giant lens, um, what you may remember from that instance is if that if you take too long to align the mirrors and or clean up the other mirror areas, uh, additional Moraval spawn and corrupt the mirrors again and so uh, by just going around in circles and waiting for the Morval to respawn uh, instead of uh, turning the last mirror and opening it up I was able to uh, eventually complete the deed in that area without having to rerun the entire instance multiple times. It did do it multiple times but the last time I just waited that one out and uh, did all that. So. Uh, I did want to mention, for those of you who haven't done the boss fight in Lemulnar, um, it's, it's a good boss fight. And back when it was on level, it was definitely tough uh, for a three-man. You really needed a pretty solid three-man to complete that, especially the challenge quest. Uh, the challenge quest involves slaying the Morival leader, Ergoth without killing any of the uh, supporting Morival, which, conj- which are kind of arranged around the disc in a circle. And so what happens in that boss fight is uh, Ergoth starts blasting you in the middle, it's a one-on-one fight, and after you burn her down to a certain level, she'll call all of her kin in from the sidelines. Uh, There's a certain number of Marvel that will swarm around you, and uh, some that just sit on the sidelines and throw debuffs at you, I believe. And uh, the assault from the multiple Morvels pretty severe. You have to weather it and, and then um, wait for Ergoth to come back. So if you're getting 2-2 two, two challenge mode, you know you can't have a champion waiting in there and AOing everything down. You just basically need to survive until that group is gone and then get back on Ergoth and rinse and repeat three times. Um, what made it more difficult was, I thought this was an interesting mechanic that I haven't really seen anywhere else, is that uh, you know often in boss fights... Uh, the the technique of kiting can come in handy uh, when you're trying to keep someone alive while you focus somewhere else. Um, you know, kiting is the function of basically aggroing uh, you know either the boss or a, a key sub mob or a number of ads and basically running them around in big circles uh, while the rest of the party focuses on another on another um, on another objective, whether it's burning down. You know a certain mob or you know clearing a certain area or whatever the case may be. Uh, but kiting uh, is very difficult in this boss fight because you're on the glass uh, lens and there's a mechanic that uh, makes the glass slippery so that basically your speed is debuffed uh, 30, 40, 50 percent. Not nearly enough, you know generally when you're kiting and, and mobs are behind you, they're not heating you for nearly as much damage as if you're standing with them toe to toe. But due to the speed, uh, debuff on the, on the glass lens, uh, you're not able to really kite in that area, and so uh, you have to use different techniques. Uh, you know, One would be um, if you had a captain in your party employing a shield of the Donodyne, which w- would be helpful if you had a captain in your party. Uh, having your guard blow his uh, guardian's pledge, cool down. Um, you know, or, or a racial trait for endurance of stone, or um, you know, for evasion, or whatever the case may be. But uh, you know, what I found typically is that um, also would be difficult is that uh, you know the the ads would typically mob to the healer as well, and the mob uh, the healer might have to flop in order to survive through that period, and and but you had to do it twice, and so uh, maybe you used your your flop the first time, but you had to weather it the second time with Fellowship's heart took some good coordination so uh getting tier 2 challenge mode on level was was always pretty challenging um as a challenge mode should be or as uh lotro players news described it this week uh, to much humorous effect i think they called it uh, tier 2 pine leaf mode <laughs> so uh, so anyway uh that is complete i have received my goat and um the goat pile, which was once small compared to the horse pile, is, is now getting fairly deep. I think I've got six, seven, eight goats now to choose from. And uh, the Lothlorien one is a nice one. I like it as an addition. It's light, it's airy, it's got a certain joie de vivre. Um, so what else have I been doing in game now that I've completed that meta Well I've been bumming around Dol Amroth trying to do figure out what to do with all these DA extra faction tokens and uh, was reviewing the essence trader that is in the courtyard of the fountain and here's what you do with your extra da faction tokens if you've already received uh achieved full rep uh, so that you don't need any more of those faction tokens and you've already maybe bought the armor piece that you wanted uh, that you may have wanted that required faction tokens but you're still generating extras through the daily grind and through kind of the random, you know, RNG factor of some of the the token bestowals that you get from those daily quests. You can go to the essence trader and trade them for essences. Um, so there're five or six different types and when you open up the gift box from each one it can give you three or four different types of essences. I think they give uh, you know, major essences, so Uh, which can then be used as inputs uh, for recipes that uh, can produce teal level essences or have a chance to crit to give you a gold level essence. Um, So obviously those might take multiple multiple iterations to get uh, the essence that you need and to crit it if that's what you're looking for to do. And uh, you might need multiple gift boxes to get the input essence that you require. But anyway, I think that's a You know, a decent way to allow you to leverage some of those additional tokens, Uh, I might eventually, once this area is passed, uh, it's prime and no longer kind of a key, you know, end game, they might want to consider putting in a barter vendor where you can trade tokens, swap tokens out, um, you know, for areas that you don't need, for areas that you do. Obviously, right now, that's being done on the open market, which uh, I encourage. So that's a positive thing. All right, so where are we at in terms of our DA faction quest rep grind? So um, I have uh, max reputation now in all of the, the different reputation areas in Dol Amroth, except for the Swan Knights, because uh, the Paths of the Dead are not yet open. Uh, so what I'm stuck doing is the daily training exercise to try to get all the quests needed for the deed in each area. And for the last week or two, I've been stuck in the warehouse area waiting for one quest to be generated that has not come up. So every time you do the training exercise and you choose an area that you have max reputation in, in order to do, um, you know, do that area, you get some randomly assigned quests. And uh, I've been waiting for one quest to complete the warehouse deed for uh, about two weeks now. And uh, this is somewhat ironic, but all I needed to do was to kill 10 rats. (laughs) Okay, maybe it's six. But still, the fact that I had to kill rats and I couldn't get the kill rats deed, I was finding uh, somewhat amusing and then a little bit annoying. But uh, the quest popped up in my log just the other day. So I got that completed and I've now moved on to the bank. I have three areas... um, that i'm at max rep now that i have not completed all the training exercise quests in um you know i'm thinking they might take three or four runs piece to get done so uh you know maybe in the next two weeks i should have those done and the past the dead should be waiting for me by then uh past the dead is now at 11k on vilia and counting i'm sure there's plenty of other servers that have that area open the suspense is killing me but um uh, I would imagine that'll be done uh, fairly short order. So a little longer than I predicted a couple weeks back, but uh, I think within the week we'll crack that and we'll be rolling with the Swan Knights. So funniest thing I heard in chat this week, you know, again it pops up again and again when people start talking about the lack of raid and instance content that's being intended by Turbine going forward. And I made a comment that I said, uh, you know, one one thing I've mentioned I think on the podcast previously, I said. I think that turbine is trying to serve the story in J.R. Tokian's fellowship, or you know, in their in Tokian's tale, as best they can with the different mechanics they've created, such as mounted combat uh, and uh, epic battles, etc. Uh, but when they get to uh, when they get to Mordor, and uh, we they finally build out Minas Morgul and the tunnels of Shelob. If Shilob is not a 12 man raid, I'll eat my axe because you know there's there's no hiding it. That's the best way to tell that story. <laughs> Shilob must be at least a 12 man raid. They're going to owe that to us. There's no other way it can be done, okay? So, I'm predicting right now Shilob is going to be a 12 man raid and uh, I said that in chat. I said if it's not, I'll eat my axe. And some someone came back and said Shelob has been confirmed to be a series of solo daily quests. <laughs> and I thought I broke down laughing. That was the best best thing I'd heard in chat this week. That was hilarious. And if it is, I will kill somebody. All right. So what else have I been doing? Uh, aside from that, not much with Bragg. Uh, Brezel has been... Uh, Brezel is my minstrel. She's now achieved 100 by, while messing about in Tardrant. Uh... Bressel skipped the Blackroot Veil, uh, but did most of the quests in Lamidan, um, trying to get all the quests in that area for the Deed, uh, which is associated with the Virtue Empathy. Empathy provides uh, Fate, Armor, and Resistance rating, all things I like in my Minstrel. Uh, so I achieved uh, that Virtue trait, which I needed to get to 19. Uh, I think all of her traits are at 19. I may have one or two that are in 18. But we're getting awful close. Um, so as you're doing the quest in Lamidan, you may remember that's uh, where you first encounter uh, Jajax in the area, of the town called I think it's uh, Logbothel uh, Lob- or Logbothel. Um, that's been taken over by the Corsairs, and in order to talk to uh, Jayjax in the uh, in the epic story. He makes you win a drinking contest with one of his champions. So, uh, Brezel is one of my female hobbit characters, uh, which I enjoy from the menstrual perspective. And uh, it just made me remark-, remark again how much fun the quest sound is for a drunken female hobbit. So, if you've ever joined the Ale Association or the In League, you've done a lot of drinking around uh, the Shire and brie, And you probably know the sound effect that comes when you've had uh, when you're in your cups and you've had a few too many. Um, You know what you may not have realized, if unless you've done it on multiple tunes, is that it differs for each character and for each uh, gender. And uh, I gotta say, the drunken female Hobbit sound is uh, is very very cute. I don't know any other way to say it. I'm gonna see if I can play it for you now. Uh, Insert it right here. Oh look at that. you just like a little baby. You're so cute. <laughs> All right, so imagine that's the person that... Uh, you're a Corsair drinking champion, and that's the person that beats you in a drinking game. Can you imagine the shame? Uh, so what's next for Brezel? Uh, she's 100 now. I guess I'll be putting together a, at least a second-age level 100 weapon for her soon. Um don't yet know about replacing her minstrel songbook. book uh, I kinda like the one I have I don't know that a level 101 is gonna be that much better for the effort and um, you know it's only five levels right so I, I may think about it I'll see but I'll probably replace the weapon for now just to get uh, more DPS at least have half of it done is she gonna do the daily grind in Dol Amroth? probably not so I predicted this a while back you know, what's the motivation that I have to get every one of my top-level tunes? you know, the best armor out there? Is it is it really needed for some of the scaled instances we're doing? I'll see. I'll run a few with my current gear, and uh, if I feel underpowered and it's putting the group in jeopardy, then I'll go through the grind, I'm sure, to gear up at some point. But, uh, you know, aside from that, I don't generally PvP with this toon. Um, and I think the rest of her gear is decent right now, so we will see. Uh, I'll have to try it out and uh, let you know what I think. Um, so one other note on Bragg that I didn't mention previously is that he was able to complete the quest chain in Tarling's Crown. Uh, so if you go through all the, um, aside from the Tarling's Crown daily quests that you can get in Amroth, if you go through all the uh, PvE quests for that area, there's a chain that uh, you progress through there's a final quest chain completion uh, called i think it's called for the first air or something like that and uh, it requires you to um, go to the npc that's just south of the tarlings crown area and uh, get a full fellowship together to go into um, it's an instance where you go into the main tent in the center of tarlings crown and basically take on um, you know the the one of the key guys in the area—that's—he's uh, like a mini boss, basically—that uh, you know was waiting for the scourge to arrive, and um, so it's uh, actually—it's uh, a fairly standard kind of mini boss fight for an instance. There's waves of ads that come in of of different groups that need to be picked up. Um, you don't want to stand in the poop, which is uh, fear based when you're in there, so you got to move around the tent and kind of. Uh, control the location of the fight. Um, you want to interrupt the inductions of the mini boss or he'll do a kind of a knockback blast that'll hit squishies pretty hard. Uh, but, you know, that's fairly standard mechanics, even with all three. Uh, all in all, it's, you know, also I think there's uh, maybe some some potion removal for some, uh, some pretty heavy uh, wound dots as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, all in all, pretty easy for an experienced full fellowship. And it was a fun fight, actually, you know, just enough mechanics to keep things a little interesting, but, you know, more so than a typical instance. Uh, But was glad to finally get that done and out of the way and complete that part of the landscape quest. So I got back to Dol Amroth, and I turned in that quest, and the guy says, you will be well rewarded for all of your help. And then he turns around, and he gives me five silver DA tokens and some cash. (laughs) Five, five silver tokens and some cash, which is basically less than I'm getting for doing a daily, you know, in the Dull Amroth reputation area for completing the entire kind of group content area in Tarling's Crown. So, blah. I got to say, Turbine, uh, that's the big reward for the end of the grouped area quest chain. That is really lame. I uh, was expecting at least, you know, a universal solvent or a good, you know, Maybe a teal level essence, or uh, you know, even a symbol—basically uh, anything—and uh, thought that was really poor. So, uh, Turbine, you got some time to fix that now. Go back and put something interesting on the end of that quest chain. I think we've earned it at that point. Um, I think that's enough for this week in Lotro. Let's move on to our next beacon. Erelas. This week in Erelas, we will address five things that Bragg can fix in Lotro. Alright, Grima, get over here. Will Will you take this down? No, not the banner. My dictation, you idiot. This guy is dumb as a tree full of elves. Okay, so just a random collection of things that have occurred to me recently that I want fixed. Bragg fixes Lotro. First of all, there's still no port to the 21st Hall in Moria. Fix it! I generally, you know, every other area in the game, once you get the max rep now, you can get a port pretty much. I know people don't go back to Moria that often anymore, but I do, because it's my home. Generally speaking, um, this became easier uh, to get into Moria once you got the, the Merkwood port in Ostgalad, which would enable you to go to Lothlorien and do a one-trip hop to the 21st Hall from there. I think now you can get to the 21st Hall from several other stable locations. They've made it a bit easier since then. But I really think it deserves a port, maybe a racial port for dwarves even. Um, yeah. So that, uh, you know, just put it as part of the barterable items for one of the garrison guys back in there. And uh, yeah, I know you can get there from some of the newer stables, but still, I want Amoria port. Uh, you know, back in the day when you had to, uh, you know, it became difficult. If you didn't have your, uh, if you didn't have your milestone set there, uh, you know, you had to either enter, enter through Aishad Dunan or through the back uh, gate from Lothlorien. Um, or, you know, people calling out for captains and hunters to uh, taxi them in uh, was a pain. And they've never addressed it. Fix it. Okay. Uh, second. Um, The music in Gondor, Uh, I gave an initial impression on it that was generally positive, said I would listen to it a bit more, and after several weeks, I have decided that it is so unimpressionable that it might as well not exist. Uh, Really have not come across a new Gondor theme that I thought was significant. So, next expansion, fix it. Gondor music needs to be epic. You know what that means? Chance Thomas. Some of you guys may know there's a petition out there to bring back Chance Thomas to do future music in Lotro. I would say it's a long shot, but doing things like creating petitions for it helps. I really do think it does help. It's expensive. They may not go for it, but they might. Uh, Lotro continues to bring in decay so do it. Uh, Number three, Lamy Turtles. (laughs) For those of you struggling with the docs Quests... This is a fix that you should have had from back when you fixed the Avank quest. Uh, that was in Eastern Rohan. So fix it. That's an easy one. Uh, next, you know, by the time you guys, by the time this comes out and you have it fixed in the game, everyone's going to be done with this questing area. So, you know, that's kind of useless. Um, I think it needs maybe a hot fix. Uh, next, this is an interesting one. Legendary item relic combination. Okay, so people have been complaining about this for a long time. When you've built up a whole bunch of relics by deconing or by earning them in game through instances and quests, and you go to the relic combination guy... And you, you start on tier one and you say combine. And it tells you what the output was. And you close that window and you, you have to hit combine. Close the window. Combine. Close the window. Combine. Close the window. And eventually you get all your tier one relics combined. Then you go to tier two on the drop down. And you go combine. Close the window. Combine. Close the window. Combine. Close the window. All the way up to tier three. Now we have to go through ten tiers. Okay. So first of all. We need, and this has been talked about before, a combine all button that just spits out a report at the end of what you got for all your all your relic combinations. For that, it's just one window that says, you know, you combined all your relics, you ended up with three tier sixes, two tier eights, and a tier nine. Um, I know there's some people out there that don't want to combine all their relics. Um, they say that it's better to leave them at a lower level uh, because they believe you get more shards from deconning relics at level, what is it, five, six, seven, I've heard people mention. I think those people are not taking into account the crit factor, which I think is bigger than they're giving credit for. Uh, the fact that as you continue to combine relics, you can get crits at high levels, which can produce uh, the p- potential for much more, uh, much more um, shards when you refine. But in, in the end, I'm just going to combine all my relics up until I get tier 10 so that I can do melding there anyway. If I don't need them for melding, then I'll refine them at that level, and I'll be just fine with it. You know, If you don't want the combine all button, you don't have to use it. You can do it the old-fashioned way, but I want it. So in the meantime, here's a workaround that I've discovered just through tinkering around. Um, when you do combine relics in the relic combo window, the result window that pops up is not modal and for those in IT you may understand a modal window is one that will not go away unless you click on it and say ok you can't flip back and forth between modal you can't flip back and forth between windows until you get rid of the modal window um... so that when i say that window is not modal it means that you can still click on the combine button again and again without getting rid of the results window so instead of hitting combine close window combine close window combine close window you can just hit combine 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 combine, combine. uh... you can h- keep hitting it and it's much faster and you'll get through all your tier one relics then you will have to switch between tiers to go to tier two tier three but at each step of the way here combine 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 and don't worry about the results window you only have to click on that to get rid of it when when you're done Um it doesn't fix it completely, but it is much faster. And I just discovered that through sheer accident. Uh, so give that a try if you haven't done before. Lastly, the fifth thing that Bragg wants fixed, the music system. They haven't done anything with it in ages Behind, besides adding a, a Pibgorn. It's a huge factor for the RP community. Some of the biggest uh, some of the biggest events in Locho are music-based, huge for Kins, etc. And they haven't touched it in... D- why are you handing me a piece of paper, Grima? Oh, oh, they are fixing it. They're doing something in 14.2. Cool beans. I guess I'm more influential than I thought. That is the end of Aralas. So let's move on to our fifth beacon. Min Rimon. Now a word from our sponsors. First of all, Phil Gashin's Diner. Next time you're in the Flaming Deke, stop by Phil Gashin's Diner. It's open 24 hours. This, week, this week's special, liver with farva beans and a nice glass of Chianti. Phil Gashins, If you have to ask what's in the meat, you should be eating at a fancier place. And also by Thornley's Construction Company. Our workers are hooked on Hobnanigans, but we promise we'll get your project done after the next tournament. And that's a guarantee. Thornley's Construction Company, serving the northern Breefields community endlessly for over seven years. Moving on to Callanhad. Our sixth beacon. We are well on our way to Edoras. Okay, so for Callenhad this week, I want to discuss, uh, much as we discussed the evolution of a kinship last week, and the maturing of a kinship. This week I want to discuss the maturing uh, maturing of a player or a study of how your experience in the game or within an MMO can change as your time in the game progresses, especially for those of us who are altaholics. So uh, I'll just get into this and uh, you may understand it a bit more once I play some context around it. So first of all, one character leveling. That's how we start out in the game, right? We've got one character on the creation screen. We decide we want a Dwarven Guardian, which is the best class and uh, race combo available, and everything is new. Uh, Everything is beautiful. Um, We've got one character, we're focusing on leveling him, understanding what he can do. Uh, We don't yet understand what lies in store down the road, which is exciting, Um, and also places a bit of emphasis on getting as much playing time as possible to get to experience some of the things that everyone else is talking about in the chat channel. Why am I so far behind everybody else? So that's the one downside to having one character leveling at the very beginning. Soon uh, you may approach the next stage, which is to level multiple characters. I probably rolled my second tune when my guard was maybe around level 35 or 40, I would guess. Uh, you know, I, I knew that people had multiple characters. I saw those slots sitting on my opening screen. I said, I want to try a few more. Um, and when you have multiple characters that are leveling, there's so much to do and so little time. Uh, I think it's a great, um, you know, those who are not altaholics may not agree. But I love if I you know feel like I've really been grinding on a character and I want to break cutting over to a different class is like a breath of fresh air, and um, you know doing the same content but with a different class really has a different feel to it in a lot of cases if they're doing the design of the classes right. So I enjoyed having multiple characters leveling at the same time. Uh, you know, Bragg obviously getting him as advanced as much as possible was. Was uh, my main focus, but bringing up other tunes behind him and understanding uh, their skills and what they could do enhanced my ability to be a guard. Um, there's nothing better in the game about understanding. You know, act, I'll take it back. The most important thing in a game about being good at your class is understanding your own class. The second most important thing, in my opinion, is understanding what the other classes can do and how you can interact with them. And there's no better way to do that than to enroll that class and to understand what it's like to play one and understand their skills. So again, multiple characters leveling, so much time, so little to do. Again, why am I so behind everybody else? You know, often I think this stage is where a player abandons some tunes or even worlds. Uh, for the ones they really would have picked with a more educated selection in the first place. So I've heard lots of stories of people saying, well, I went with a captain for about 20 levels and then it got really hard and slow and I decided he wasn't for me, so I rolled a hunter. Um, Or I rolled a champion for about 20, 30, 40 levels and uh, I found he was a kind of a one-trick pony DPS machine and I really wanted more versatility so I rolled a lore master um, you know trying out a tune for 20 30 levels and understanding what it can and can't do and what it feels like is a is a good way to find the class that might be better for you I think picking your second class is probably a lot easier than picking your first uh, based on your experiences you understand a little better what you like what you don't like. If you've played multiple MMOs, I heard people say you know, I, I went into a new MMO and I realized right away from playing WoW or from playing Secret World or this and that that I really enjoyed being ranged class so or I really enjoyed being a healer and so it helps direct you. But if it's your first MMO, there's no other way to get that experience besides trying a few. Okay, so the next uh, phase is when you finally get at least one character to end cap and the rest of your alts are leveling. This was perhaps my favorite period uh, in the game. Uh, why is that? Well, you have the greatest range of playing options, right? So what I would typically do is I'd get my character to end game and I'd start to try to get him involved with instances and raids and group content uh, where the best gear was available. Uh, but while you're in game, uh, you know, there's not always a call for those raids. Maybe there's not enough people online or uh, no one interested in what you wanna do right now. So you can always flip over to an alt and do some leveling. Uh, you know, work on your mini, work on your hunter, bring them up a few levels. But keep an eye on the chat channel, and when you see come on someone come on that is looking for a party to do something that you're interested in. Hey, we got nine or twelve for Heligrad. Uh, you know, dra- Drake Wing, and you know that's open in your D log and something that you've always wanted to try. Uh, you can chime in and say, I've got a guard that can go, and then um, you know, let me switch over to my tune and jump on and do that. So I found you know, it was a way to keep engaged when there wasn't enough group content to keep busy to do solo play. And uh, at the same time, you could keep an eye on the channel for group content that you were interested in for your max level character. Um, so was this the pinnacle of my experience with nowhere to go but down? We'll see. Um, next phase is when you finally start to get multiple characters at end cap. Two, three, four, however many. Um, this does add the element of having it more, being able to more easily group at end game, and that was one of the big attractions for me, right? Uh, one of the reasons I played a guard from the very beginning, aside from the fact that they're awesome, is that, um, I knew that tanks were generally in pretty good demand from what I could see, um... You know, most people would start off a fellowship saying, "You know, two of six need tank or two of six need heals." Um, so I said to myself, "Being a tank is looks like a good way to get experience in game." Um, when you have multiple tunes at end game, and a party says five of six need DPS, five of six need heals, five of six need tank, and you have multiple characters that are capable of doing all those roles, then it's more easy to get into a group. In addition to that, there's content, generally, that's still coming out faster than I can catch up. Uh, You know, I'm doing that endgame content with my my primary tune, but I'm still leveling tunes underneath. And generally speaking, what I found is that, uh, at least at the pace that I play, I was able to get maybe one more character to max level uh, between each major release of content. So I might have had one max level character in Moria, Two in Merkwood, three in Isengard, uh, you know, four by the time we got through Eastern Rohan, and about five by the time we got to West Rohan, roughly give or take. Um, now, however, I'm finding myself in a situation where, uh, you know, and some of you may be out there, uh, where you might have a significant majority of your characters at endcap when new content comes out. So say you've got you know 11 character slots um, available to you. You've got five, six, seven characters at end cap. You're still developing some alts potentially, but majority of your characters are sitting at level, um, you know, sitting at level 95, waiting for the day Western Gondor comes out. Uh, again, it's fun to be able to ask a group what they want for a raid and in instance when you say, you know. Three of six need more for this group, and you say, "What do you want? You want, uh, you know, crowd control? You want, you want a tank? You want heals? You want DPS? I can provide any of them. I can you know, I even got a captain, right? That that's that's a fun position to be in. But I found there's also a lot of negative ramifications in having so many characters at or near the same level, namely the repetitiveness of it. The repetitiveness of it. So what happens is. Um, You know, in a situation where you've got four or five characters at level 95 waiting for Gondor to come out, um, they, to some extent, have to use the same content to get to level cap. So, you know, once Bragg runs through all of Gondor, I've got some choices to make in terms of what I want to do next. I could go back to Rohan, I could go back to Great River, and I could level less efficiently because I'm doing quests several levels underneath me. I could just look to level through skirmishes and group content, which I I could do at times. It's nice to have those options. But the most likely scenario is that um, you're running multiple tunes, one after the other after the other, through Western Gondor, because it has the best rewards at that level. Um, This is where areas that we've had in the past, like Enidwaith and the Great River and Wildemore, can come in handy because they provide options. You know, if I don't want to do Mirkwood, I can go to Enidwaith. If I don't want to do the Great River, I can go into Eastern Rohan. Uh, you know, I have options. If I don't want to go into Western Rohan, I can do Wildermore, and maybe I can alternate with each tune that comes through, which is nice. But right now for Western Gondor, at level 95 to 100, this is the only game in town. So... You know, this kind of problem can be compounded when Lotra limits choice as they're done by linking class trade points in the quest lines in West Rohan or to executing big battles. Um, you know I have variety in the way I want to play with my different tunes, except if I want class trade points and if I want class trade points in Western Gondor, I've got to finish that quest line with every tune that goes through there. And it limits flexibility, it limits choice and I think it's uh, negative for the players. Hypebold was probably the most flexible system they had for this that they came out with because at least they allowed one tune to go through and build Hypebold and then um, provide the gear for all of your alts, so you didn't have to do that with all of your alts. So I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, the biggest problem here I've seen is that Lotro has evolved their endgame. game. They've had to introduce somewhat grindy mechanics to give players something to achieve as a solo player. And no one wants to do grindy mechanics four, five, six, seven, eight times you know, with each tune to achieve the most recent pinnacle of character progression. Do I want more than one Thane of Heightbold, <laughs> which included 46 straight days of dailies? Do I want more than one character that is Entkin in order to get the Fangorn recipes that are out there? Do I want more than one character to complete the meta deed for West Gondor, including rep with all the DA factions? I think it's more fun to change things up. That's how I avoid burnout. I work on another alt, I level virtues, I level crafting, I do some festivals, I do some instances and raids, I do some PVMP, I work on meta deeds, I revisit old areas around the game like their old friends, which is one of the benefits of some of the above activities, or the other choice is at the end of the day start with a clean slate either go to a new server and uh, drive a character from level one delete all your characters on your current server and start on level one this is not recommended or you can go play a different game and that's something I don't think Turbine wants you to do blasphemy! let me know what you think uh, if you agree with my opinion on how The evolution of the game changes the style of your play as you get multiple alts to level cap. I'm sure there's plenty of viewers out there that have multiple at level cap, even if they're not viewers. Well, that brings us to our seventh beacon. We've made our way to Edoras. The troops of Rohan are rallying around us. This is the end of the 14th episode of Light the Beacons, the Bilbo Lucky Number episode. I'd love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, your constructive critique. You can contact me at BraggsonofBallin at gmail.com. That's Bragg with two A's. The second A stands for arbitrary. On Facebook or Twitter at bragsonofballon or my website, lightthebeacons.com, where you can post comments directly on the podcast. I kindly request that you take the time to create an iTunes review. If perhaps you are so inclined, I am lingering on the five, I believe, that are out there right now. If you do, I'd very much appreciate it. If your comments incite me to forego my Dwarven apathy, I will try to include them in the next podcast or at least respond in some way. So I hope you laughed either at or with me. I hope you might have learned at least a little something you didn't know before, perhaps looked at the game with a slightly different perspective. And most of all, I hope you enjoy your time this week in Middle-Earth. This is Bragg, son of Balin, from the Bridge Shard and the Foundations of Stone, signing off. Baruch Kazad, And remember... When you're questing in the Chet, when you're questing in the Chetwood, and come across a minstrel playing, I've got the moves like Jagger Jack on his lute. Don't despair. Light the beacons. I've got the moves like Jagger Jack. Got the moves like Jagger Jack. Got the moves like Jagger Jack. Grima, stop dancing. Get your scrawny butt over here. Clean up this mess. There's ale flagons everywhere. Put your back into it, man. Spit spot.